Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This. I am your host, Dennis, and as always, I am with my two co-hosts, Colin and Craig. How are you both? I'm good, Dennis. Doing just fine. All right, guys. All right. Uh, This is a very special episode, I feel, because it's our first guest episode, and joining us this week is my friend from middle school, Julie. How are you, Julie? I'm good. How are you, Dennis? I am great. Um... It hasn't changed since they asked me. <laughs> <laughs> it is very formal that we <laughs> right, do these yeah. introductions. Every I time. mean, I haven't seen you guys until we started recording, and then all of a sudden you <laughs> pop into existence. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, since this is a uh, guest episode, the guest picked the movie that we're going to be reviewing, and that movie is White Squall. So I'm going to pass it off to my guest to uh, introduce the movie. So, Julie, take it away. So I want to put our friendship into a little bit of context. Dennis and I... I uh, used to work together at Barnes and Noble and hung out throughout high school, even though we went to different high schools. And yes, we met in middle school around 96, which is when this film came out. Ah, uh, yes, yes. It's a Ridley Scott movie, uh, ensemble cast. It's about a group of high school seniors who spend a year of their school year on at sea. Basically, it's an ocean academy. The captain is... Uh, Christopher Sheldon, played by <clears throat> Jeff Bridges, and uh, they go through normal high school things. They take the SATs, they have classes, um, but they're on a ship, so they have to deal with ship things, storms. Um, they travel around the world, so they visit the Galapagos Islands at one point. There's a run-in with some Cubans. Uh, they host some Dutch foreign exchange students. Just really like a coming-of-age adventure story. Also, everyone dies. The end. (laughs) (laughs) A few people die. A few people die. Uh, It is based based on a true story. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so uh, it's about... It's a two-hour movie, and it's about an hour and a half of them sea-traveling before they hit the white squall, right? Yes, the titular titular squall. Hour and a half before yeah. anything relating to the title of this movie I, 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 actually happens. I was like, really, I was like, oh man, this movie is great. Oh wait, it's about a storm. Oh yeah, here we go. Well, I think the title is a little misleading because it's really a coming of age movie. Oh yeah, and it's, definitely. It's more about that than it is about the actual event of the White Squall. Uh, this movie is is a uh, true story. It is based on a book called The Last Voyage of the Albatross by Chuck Geig. Chuck Geig is the main character of the movie who is played by Scott Wolf. I actually really wanted for this podcast to read the book and do a comparative analysis, but it is hard to find. Used <laughs> copies run for like $500 wow. on, <laughs> on the internet. So Also, I feel like this movie wanted to get Michael J. Fox, but they had to settle for Scott Wolf. I thought Scott Wolf was really good in I this. Thought I, was very good I thought they wanted Chris O'Donnell. Because <laughs> I thought that was Chris O'Donnell for about halfway through the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, no, that's not Robin. Yeah, well, no, it's, it wasn't that I thought he was bad. It was just like from the scene one, I was like, is that Michael J. Fox? And it took me into like... Yeah, it took me multiple times looking at him to be like, that's not Michael J. Fox. Who is this guy? And I was like, oh, that's right. I can go into the cast a little bit uh, if you want. So, yeah, Scott Wolf. It was really like a who's who of the 90s cast. So Scott Wolf is from Party of Five, which is a big deal. all the hotties. It was so many hotties. Uh, Young, young Ryan Phillippe. Yeah. Um, James Marsden, or is it Jason Marsden, who plays the first first mate? Jason. Yeah, Yeah, Jason Marsden. Yeah. 
<laughs> Young Jeff Bridges. Young Jeff Bridges. Young oh, Jeff Bridges. the guy that plays the the cook, Gerard. Yeah. Uh, he's in like a bunch of random things. He's but I really love him in Little Miss Sunshine. He's the guy that helps them decide to push their Volkswagen bus. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah yeah. Oh um well since we're talking about that character, uh, <laughs> I love the the shoehorned in reference of Bay of Pigs. Um, yeah. I really wonder if that really happened on the boat. I, I feel like they were just like, hey, let's throw in like a period oh, reference. Yeah. I, I feel like this the run in with, down. with the Cubans did happen. It's maybe that ship that they were like boarded by didn't necessarily end up in the Bay of Pigs, but I, I'm sure that they did have a run in with some Cubans because right. it. It's probably in the book. Yeah, it took me a while to kind of like figure out what the timeline was. I don't know if it was established at the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah, 1960. 1960. 1961. No, they, no 1960 into 1961. Okay, yeah. Okay, either way. The part that I realized was happening was when they were on the island like writing in the book and they were like, the year of our Lord, 1961. The, the other uh, uh, time frame thing is we just watched Hidden Figures well, yeah, and uh, the launch of Alan Shepard takes place <laughs> like right before they hit the storm. And that was a cool They were like, connection. Shepard. When they, they point at the star at the, at the end of the satellite or uh, spaceship. Yeah, but the, yeah. one of the goofs is that there is no way they could have actually seen oh, Alan no. Shepard because no. um, his launch was pretty much concluded by the time that the, yeah. the shipwreck was finished days, happening. Not like, like half a year. Yes. So, but yeah, it was, it was cool that they did that tie-in. Well, and then it was like they... Name the ship the albatross, which he kind of explains, and then he like starts quoting the Tempest. Like, I'm like, are you begging to die? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because the Tempest Act One of the Tempest starts with a shipwreck. Yeah, and that's like one so of the first lines he quotes when they like get on the ship. He's like quoting Shakespeare, like the Tempest, and I'm like, your ship is named the Albatross, which you know he later explains about the which is actually in seafaring her. terms is a, a good, good thing. Yeah, but like unless you kill the Albatross, but you know, and then he's like starts quoting the Tempest, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's not bode well for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I want to just say um I was totally on board with this movie. I actually really enjoyed this movie. I thought this movie was great. I thought for what it was doing, um, it was really well done. I thought it had beautiful cinematography. Uh, right at the get-go, just really cool shots. Um, I love ensemble movies, and I think this movie was cast very well. I think um, it kind of loses... Um, uh, how do I put this? Um, it kind of gets out of sync with itself later on. Like I feel like um, Jeremy Sisto's character, Frank, does some shit that's just like... Why'd you do that shit, dude? Like, the well, killing the dolphin thing was weird. Why did his dad hate him? I, didn't, I wasn't quite clear on dude, why his dad Dude, all right, like, the rich asshole father him. is a monster. Like, probably the worst villain out of any movie I have ever seen. He's just, like, the biggest piece of shit, dude. He, yeah, he just, like, hates his son. Like, he hates everything. Why? His wife, too, hates him. Yeah, yeah, he, he, it was his mother's he idea. Has, like, no this whole thing was his mother. Anyone. His stupid mother. Uh, Wants my son to like get some respect and learn how to do shit for himself. Uh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna go down and choke him out in the middle of a van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's a terrible character, but the the rich kid, like, I, I don't quite get where he's coming from. A lot of the movie, it's, right? It was inconsistent. It, yeah, well, because he's sort of they build him up into being like one of the crew and being a good guy and then he just kind of flips apropos of nothing right after that and scene where he's like yeah I'll help out this guy that has you know uh, dyslexia you know finish the SATs well like, here's the thing is like I also did watch this at work so like it was kind of broken up for me um, 
So I don't know, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't really feel like any of the characters are really that well like fleshed out. Like there was a lot going on with like all of the characters and I don't know, maybe maybe I was like missing, but I was like I was like, is this supposed to be about the captain? Is this supposed to be about Greg or Geek? Is this supposed to be about Frank? Is this It's and, about and all of them. I know it's supposed to be about all of them, Ensemble. but Ensemble. But yeah, but then like we have like Geek like narrating the whole time. But, like, the story still doesn't really center around him. Well, because he's a boring character. He's, like, the necessary, you know, captain of the story. But, like, we have the captain. Like, and well, we have... But he's way more interesting than Geek. And so, <laughs> like, like Geek is, like, he's, like, the he's like the Zach Braff, uh, you know, of Scrubs Ugh. in this movie. Where it's, yeah, he's, like, the necessary <laughs> character that's just, like, blah. And the, all this cool ensemble is happening around him. I, I felt like... The movie actually spent almost too much time fleshing out the cast, and then like not enough time with like the white squall well, yeah. aftermath, you know? Because then it's like at the end, it's like, oh wow, there's only like eight minutes left of this movie, and they're like in the middle of like a court scene, and like all yeah, this I was other like shit. this movie, yeah, this movie could have done like half an hour of like, all right, get these characters like knowing each other, let's get a little bit of establishment, and then done the storm, and then like the aftermath of the storm, I felt would have been white squall as a movie. Right. This was like journey of the albatross like this should have been like more focused like if they titled this movie to be like not storm centered and been like yeah the coming of age where like the storm does happen and it's kind of an afterthought because it is an afterthought in terms of the like running time of this movie yeah. I'm going to argue that I like the pacing and I think it makes sense because nobody was expecting that to happen so kind of like you well I guess by the title you're expecting something to happen but you kind of get sucked into this adventure this growth and like learning about these characters then wham then they all die i know they don't all die but (laughs) But, uh, i liked this movie a lot too but i also kind of had problems with the the pacing of it i feel like it the middle of the movie drags its feet a little bit and i think the beginning of the movie drags its feet because they don't set sail for 30 minutes that's true and um it's kind of the, the real drama of it is compacted so much in the end. Like I, I wanted to see more of the, the courtroom drama and all that. But um, I think it would be better if they just titled the movie what they titled the book. If they titled the movie "The Last Journey of the Albatross," it would make more sense because it's like, okay, it's about the voyage. It's not about the, the white the, the shipwreck. Yeah. It's, right. <clears throat> it's a long title. That is a long time. <laughs> also, was this movie? I feel like this movie was gayer than Moonlight. It was so. No, this erotic. movie was straight. It's it was for so no, This is yeah. a total yes. movie for girls. It was, it was so. My, was so. Oh God, I don't know. No, no, no. That dive scene. It was, I like. I. I have a. I don't have a note. I was texting my friend. It was like this scene is teenage girl spank bake. Like <laughs> this whole scene. Of well, but was, then it's like they're like. Uh, and I was actually thinking, I was like, oh, no wonder why Julie loved this movie. Say, like, why, why did I like this movie so much from ages like 11 onward? Like, oh, that's why. I, 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 was, I, was, I was saying that same thing watching it. I was like, oh, I totally see why Julie likes this movie. And I, I finished watching it. And my wife came home like a few minutes later. I was like, oh, I so wish you had watched this movie with me. Because oh, she would have loved this. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it just didn't do it for me. It was very white. It was a white movie. Lots of young, hot dudes running around with no shirts on. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I could appreciate that much of it at least, but I just, I don't know. I just, 
And it was kind of weird because it was like in one scene they're like, oh yeah, like I've got a hard on for you, man. Like, because they, like, they're like teasing the guy. And then in the next scene they're like, what are you, a homo? Like, right. and I'm just like, Right. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and that, that kind of plays into the like the inconsistencies of the characters, you know. Like I feel like they were like kind of shooting two different themes of the movie at the same time, you know, where like it's like, hey, everyone's getting along, and then like all the next scenes, like they're not getting along at all, or like you know, like the asshole kid, uh, what's his Tracy Lapchick, yeah, play, played by Ethan Embry. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's like, oh no, I would. Oh yeah. on this movie. <laughs> like that guy. I mean, come on, like. He's an unnecessary asshole. He, yeah, he's more of an asshole almost than Frank is. Oh, yeah. He's just consistently an asshole the whole time. Just in, for, like, no reason. It's like, I want that bunk. Like, what's wrong with that other one? Oh, bunk? that guy? Just, no, yeah. no, I'm sorry. You're talking about Dean. Dean. The, the SAT, the one who's... The, right. Yeah, the kid who, like, flies off the handle if you call him dumb, but it's because he... I thought you were talking about um, the guy that he's he steals the bunk from. Oh, no. Yeah, no. I'm talking about, like, the, the, like the greaser punk dude the uh, kind of kind of poor man's matt Dillon. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. God, I, <laughs> like I, I just i just couldn't imagine like a boat full of like teenagers like like dude teenagers that are getting along like putting up with this guy who's just like an asshole like for as long as they did they'd be like come on man like get the fuck off the boat or like join us you know well yeah but I and mean, they do that but frank was an asshole too so it's like you know maybe it was kind of like it was like, oh, it spread out a little bit. So yeah. there, there wasn't all focused on one asshole. There was, like, enough asshole to go around. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I love this. I love the central theme of this movie. I love. I love the concept of a, a school ship. You know, like yes. teaching kids, like especially adolescent boys, like you know, camaraderie and responsibility by like helping out a ship. You know, well, and in like a life or death situation. Ever. It's like, so <laughs> dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. Well, well speaking of, of the danger, I, well, my thing that I really took away and I loved about this movie was it gave me an appreciation for the term loose cannon because that's yes. a thing that is like so tied to like cop movies and just be like, you're a loose cannon, <laughs> Trevor, get out of here. Like, but he has Jeff Daniels. Has, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bridges has a great speech in this movie um, where he says, you know what a loose cannon is? It's 2,000 pounds of pig iron crashing around the deck. Maybe it takes out a mast. Maybe you punch a hole right through the hull. And you're like, oh, wow. Just imagine that concept. You're floating around on this boat, this thing that is keeping you alive, and there is just a giant hunk of metal, of metal just flying around, destroying everything. Oh, yeah. You're, you're like, oh, wow, loose cannon. That's actually a super dangerous thing. <laughs> I also, uh, when they're talking about uh, Alice... And they're like, oh, yeah, like, she's 30, yeah. but she's hot. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Me too. I was she's like, attractive at 30? At 30. Inconceivable. Wow. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that you caught that. I, was like, mm. I, I do think she's kind of a babe in this movie. Oh, she's though. a total babe. Well, no, yeah. it, no, she is, but it's like, they're like, oh, yeah, she's 30. Like, oh, that's ancient. But when you're, like, 17, you do think that 30-year-olds are or old. I, I don't know. I didn't remember thinking that 30 was that old. Also, I, maybe in the like 60s, 40. 30 is considered to be kind of old, too. Yeah. yeah people were, like, dying at, like, 15, right. 55. And I, I felt like all these teenagers were way more sexually mature than, like, I don't know, 
other kids their age. <laughs> well, because they were actually like, well, I mean, how old were they like at the time of the movie? They had to. Well, one of them was like fifteen. Yeah. She, oh, okay. The first mate is fifteen. Like think, actually fifteen, like in oh, real life fifteen. Is oh what no, I'm in real in real life they're all thirty. Yeah, that's well, what I'm saying. Actors, yeah, the actors no. are all like. Yeah, that's no, what I'm but, saying. Like, but the character is fifteen years old. Right. The first yeah. mate. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'm saying it's like. Yeah, there's like I did not at any point like I still like it never really fully clicked with me that they were supposed to be in high school like this entire time. Like I got it at the beginning, like it was established, mm-hmm. but like still it was just kind of like these do not seem like high school kids. Like they're like they seem like a bunch they seem like college kids, like yeah. on spring break. Right. Like from most of this movie. Yeah. Which was why I was also kind of like is this like what is the like I got that the boat was like supposed to be like an academy but it was like it just seemed like these like dudes on spring break like <laughs> let's go around and like fuck a bunch of bitches in Havana and go out Genius and like chicks. yeah let's like bro out man like and I I just I don't know I'm, I'm sorry if I, I everyone seems to like this movie and I just like did not really get I could not get on board I couldn't get he on couldn't deck. get on deck <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really like well, it I, uh, I think I think I I, I, between this and Red Seas Over Red Skies, I think I have an unhealthy obsession with ship sailing. <laughs> See, I love yeah. that book. I well, love the shit out of that book. It's not about the boat. It was just, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm glad that there's a little bit of controversy here because this there was a similar thing going on when the movie came out. Um, it has uh, pretty good critical reviews. It has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, but this movie tanked hard at the box office. Really? Uh, $38 million budget, it made uh, about $10 million. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it, it was not a financial success at all. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Jeff Bridges said something about like, oh yeah, this is about like, claiming your place in the world and I'm like yeah white dudes manifest destiny let's go <laughs> that's yeah. what it felt like to me when it's like they're like because it was like in that scene where they're like going um, to the island yeah. to like put their names in the book oh the super, and it's super like, racist scene and it's all about like yeah it's like it's, and it's, like, and it's literally like they're like yeah claim or, <laughs> claim your place in the world and it's like Ugh, that has a real manifest destiny vibe to it and I was not yeah just, I, I didn't <laughs> like the wording of that like I don't know I get what you're saying. I my takeaway from it was that this was, this was a really cool story of like a coming of age like um like situation that I don't know. I I feel like well, our society desperately lacks. You know, like I, I I found myself being like, man, I wish I did something like that at that age. You know, I wish I I wish I like scared the shit out of myself and like bonded with a whole bunch of other kids like my age and did something like that as opposed to just like feeling lonely in college you know for four years like yeah like i i really wish that I, there was programs like this in in well yeah but at the same time like i felt like it could have been more about them actually going out learning about these cultures like and experiencing these and at every turn it was just them like going to these places and, and partying d-bags yeah right. and it was like it could, it could have been like yeah like yeah, let's have a, a worldly experience where we go out and this shapes who we are as people because we have this new view of the world based on having experienced like people that live in these other cultures. But no, it's like, oh no, we'll just go here, like have sex, like get a VD and leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of that uh, sex with the hooker scene, I was confused by that. Oh yeah, the because, scene was weird. Well, well, well no, first, first <laughs> there... Uh, what, what's going on is like first they have this whole protected scene about Ryan Phillippe being a virgin and they're like oh you're a virgin you're a virgin and they're taking up a collection to buy a hooker and instead of sending Ryan Phillippe who they've spent all this time seeing as a virgin they do spin the bottle for who's gonna go to the hooker yeah I'm like what why did we have this whole thing about the virginity then yeah but 
Yeah, they, I they kind of I, missed that. I, I still like the movie. I think the movie's full of really good performances. I think Scott Wolf is great. I think Jeff Bridges is great. Well, Jeff Bridges is great in everything. Yeah. Right. But Jeff Bridges is like really brings in this. Ryan Phillippe is trying really hard. Trying so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but he it doesn't quite land for me with That's Ryan Phillippe. That's the most Phillippe. inconsistent like, character in the movie, I felt. Like, yeah. I... Like, I, I wrote, like, uh, what the climbing scene with the autistic kid. And I was like, oh, wait, no, the sensitive kid. <laughs> oh, my God. But I also should not have laughed inter- so hard at that scene. Also, I, his I, introduction I, I, was insane. Yes, that's what like, I'm He just walks like, up and goes, this is a picture of my brother. He died. Yep. Hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, like, that, that whole thing was, like, it was never, like, I never felt for that character. So, like, in that climbing scene, like, my first reaction was literally busting out laughing like Aww. i was like and i felt and i felt bad after it happened because I was like, oh no i'm supposed to like feel bad and like care for this character but there you haven't like there wasn't really anything at that point for to make me feel like oh like i'm on bo- like why do i keep saying i'm bored with this stupid <laughs> movie <laughs> it fits because it fits i'm sorry it's not a stupid you just got movie. to it's a movie that i did not enjoy the nautical language Craig. <laughs> but yeah no i just i don't know i i felt like i Again, like I said, I did watch this like in my portions at work because I wasn't able to find any time to watch it other than that. Well, and it is like two hours and ten minutes. Long. Yeah, so I might I might have missed something. I might I might I might be blind and ignorant to the deeper meaning of this movie. But I just I I don't know. I I didn't. I wasn't able to connect with like a lot of the characters. I loved Jeff Bridges because it's yeah Jeff Bridges, and. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed certain performances, but overall, I just don't think the movie like hit me. It didn't resonate with me. Julie, what's the what's the best like um uh like nostalgia? Because I know you brought this up when we were doing the nostalgia movies, so I'm curious to know like what was your like nostalgia moment like going back to this one? Uh, so I don't know if there was a, any specific moment. I think I feel very similarly to you in that like I just want this. I wish I had this experience. So I think I just wanted a similar thing from like ages 10 onward, like a semester at sea, something where we could just go and take actual risks right. and have like feel like things matter. I mean, as, I don't know, as maybe dark and sad as that sounds, I feel like like for a lot of my life, like nothing mattered. Like right. you just go to school and you go to work and everything is the same every day. You don't scare your, the piss out of yourself. <laughs> right, Liter- the literally, yeah. figuratively. Um, <laughs> So yes, when when I was listening to your nostalgia block, I was like, "What is my nostalgia movie?" It's White Squall. Like I just consistently loved it forever. Like I, I, it's been maybe four years since I've seen it, but like maybe once every four years, I'm like, "I gotta watch, gotta watch White Squall, gotta go on that adventure." And I think maybe that's why you didn't like it, is because you watched it in chunks. I feel like you kind of just have to like get in the zone. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was like it was like I would watch, you know, it wasn't like a crazy busy day at work, so it was like watching. I would watch, you know, like. 30 minutes of the movie and then I'd like you know have to take a call so I'd like pause it you know be like five minutes on a call and then come back to the movie and then yeah I, I, I don't know I just and then I don't know uh, if I can talk about like cinematography a little bit um, the actual scene with the storm was a little jarring for me because it's like oh that come, was shot in a tank yeah no okay. tank <laughs> yeah it's like, it like comes out and it's like and it's like cloudy and murky, and then it's like they go in on, on a close-up shot, and it's like sunny and bright. Well, that's and the it's... thing about a white squall, though, is that it comes out of it comes in on a on a sh- on a sunshine day. That like it, it literally comes out of nowhere. It's just high winds with 
uh, bright skies and um, and like high seas, right? Yeah, and, oh, okay. and, and and like the the white squall is like a wall of water that's lifted up by like super duper high speed winds, like like 120 kilometers an hour winds, like lifting up like 20 feet of water and slamming into a boat, and it'll it's like historically known to sink like giant vessels in a matter of seconds okay. and and there's actually around the white squall thing there's a lot of controversy in the courtroom scene about whether this was a white squall which they don't oh are we getting into like the historical thing. reference to this but also um almost 40 years after the loss of the albatross an author named daniel s parrot um went back and reanalyzed a bunch of the stuff of this ship and a lot of ships like it and he determined that the albatross and a lot of ships like it were very top heavy mm. and uh, with flaws in the design and with uh, the upkeep of the ships and them being like revamped and all these things that um just a regular squall could have taken down a ship like the right. albatross yeah it, the, the albatross was built in the okay now for the reality of the movie so it's like the ford explorer right of... well no so so the albatross was built in 1920 as a two-mast schooner which is like a much smaller profile boat than what it became it was refit in like i think it was like the 40s or 50s as a three-mast bark which is uh, square sails and so you got like the big old cross beam I, yeah I'm a naval guy I know what I'm talking about uh, it was like the big old <laughs> you live in Colorado I, I, I just land in Colorado Sloan's Lake brah Sloan's Lake yeah I gotta do all my sailing in Sloan's Lake uh, but so it, it that's a huge part of the boat and, and the story of the albatross <laughs> that was not addressed at all in the movie was that this boat was refit with sails that were way bigger than the ship could probably handle and uh, so, yeah, it was a really top-heavy ship, and that's probably why it sank. Also, on like a more trivia note, uh, Christopher Sheldon, the skipper, started another school ship, I believe, and that one like caught on fire and also sank. So maybe, maybe yeah. some of his seamanship has to do with hmm. it. Seaman. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a com- quality seaman. Coming back to what it's curse seaman. <laughs> yes, a cursed, cursed a cursed semen. Uh, coming back Sounds to what, like a punk what Craig was talking about with sort of the cinematography or the way that um, the sinking was shot, I also found it like at times a little jarring, at times a little like roughly cut, which I found interesting because Ridley Scott has proven to be a good action director, uh, and so I was like, oh, you can, you can do better than this, Ridley Scott, but I still think that the White Squall is it has so little to do with what the movie actually is that I didn't mind that much. Yeah, I um I think that was like my biggest disappointment in the movie is just like is just that, you know. Like I really I was on board with the movie and then I was like then until the the storm happened and I was like, Oh yeah, this movie's supposed to be about a giant storm and shit happening and it's like, oh wait, this movie takes a hard right, you know, and really changes the whole theme of it and Well, I wish they'd kind of sacrificed some of the time, maybe the thirty minutes they spend before they set sail. Right. And put that towards the end. Put that towards the shipwreck and towards the aftermath. Agreed. Um, notes. What's anyone um, else? I do love the... Uh, there's, like, one scene where, where like, uh, Geek says something like, Oh, yeah, um, you know, I guess I had... I was, like, a little... Like, I had, like, a little bit of all of them in me or, like... Uh, I, I was like, I was like a little bit of all of them. I think he says, I can see a little bit of myself in all of them. Something like or, that. Yeah, or yeah. Like all of them yeah. and like me. And it reminded me of that scene in uh, They Came Together when it's like all of them like, <laughs> the, uh, playing the, basketball. Get and what it's it like, is, mister. <laughs> it's like, Combi- combines traits that each of us represent and all you have to do is put them together. Yeah. It'll be just fine. <laughs> um, in, the, in the shipwreck, I really did like a, a Ryan Phillippe's like, 
dying scene, you know, and he's like trapped in like uh it's referencing back to when Geek told him the secret of waking up from a nightmare. It's like one, two, three, wake up, and he just oh, like repeats so that. He's like trapped in the thing. He's like one, two, three, wake up. One, two, three, wake up. Yeah. I was like, ooh, goddamn. Oh yeah, that was rough. But I, again, I want to. I really, I, I just have this in huge letters. Why the <laughs> fuck did he shoot the dolphin? Like that was. Well, it, it yeah. I don't it, know. it didn't make any sense. If he was still drunk, maybe you know, it it just seemed like. I think they just wanted to be like this guy has such a fucked up life like he's really fucked up in the head so he'll kill a dolphin then they should have made him more crazy in the movie well they kind of well, they, allude to it at the earlier when he, he's like he touches the harpoon and he like almost he aims it at the first mate and then just nothing happens after see, again, that i thought that was a game oh. i thought it was like yeah <laughs> do, you, do you remember that part no i, I missed that he, it's like much earlier in the movie he's messing with the harpoons and he like is aiming it at people at that point and then mm. then just what's that called colin Chekhov's gun yes Chekhov's, <laughs> yes. Gun. Chekhov's gun um i was Chekhov's harpoon spending yeah <laughs> actually in this case it is uh, i was spending a bunch of this movie trying to figure out who that was i was like what do i know that guy from and clueless? Clueless. yeah i looked it up he's, he's clueless. the asshole and clueless. he's the asshole and clueless <laughs> i thought he was um for some reason i thought he was the actor that uh christopher nolan always uses yes that's who i thought he was yeah. too. killian murphy yeah yeah mm. Speaking of Killian Murphy and bad names for ships, though, going back earlier to the podcast is uh, in Sunshine, they named their shuttles Icarus 1 and Icarus 2 when they're flying to the sun. Uh, that's <laughs> a terrible yeah, name. That's a terrible name for, for, a, for a sun research vessel. Right. We should do Sunshine. I I want to be a guest star on that podcast, <laughs> too. A guest on I have not seen that, so I'd be happy to do that movie. All right. Um, well... I feel like I'm kind of wrapped up on my notes. Um, what about you guys? I'm pretty good. Uh, I just want to say that I appreciate that none of us are wearing shirts in like appreciation yeah, in, for this in, movie. In honor of this movie. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah, all we forgot about our costumes. I mean, we, <laughs> um, we did these elaborate costumes. I'll, I'll start with Craig here. Um, as always, you know, representing the, the scenery of a movie, he's dressed fully as a three-masted bark. Yeah, albatross. We, we, we had to, like change the doors on this room to get Craig in here. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like, sorry. It was, uh, again, like hidden figures. Uh, I didn't measure before. <laughs> so we had to wind <laughs> the doors to get me in. <laughs> but I, I, it's just impressive. You know, you have a full functioning like sail set and, you know, rigging and and uh, it looks like you know you even have little model figures down in the bottom deck, you know, and you got Ryan Phillippe dying. Yeah, like you can see him drowning. Down yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really Glad cute. Glad you noticed that little detail. Oh. Went to hug, yeah, he about. peed himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's mixed in there with the water. Yeah, <laughs> don't piss. Sorry. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I I didn't hate this movie. I just yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Not like but yeah, you guys. Um, thank you guys. Uh, your shirtless attire here. Is <laughs> well, I I, could've... I I can't tell exactly like which character you are. They all blended together <laughs> to me because you know all, well, white, all people white people look, look the look same. The same. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly which characters you are. But you know, well, I, I think that Dennis was going for Scott Wolf. You know, he doesn't normally have that, you know, jet black of hair, and it's not, you know, it's just done in that tight, well, you know. Y- you can't tell because I originally, I'm, I'm dressed as Chris O'Donnell because I thought. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, you you yeah. thought it was Chris, right. O'Donnell. Yeah, was Chris O'Donnell. Oh, okay. Yeah. That explains so it because it wasn't. Chris O'Donnell in costume as Scott Wolf in this movie. Correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That is like some inception level shit there. Meta. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I like how Julie's dressed as the the um the group of Danish schoolgirls. <laughs> yes, uh, a group of Danish schoolgirls. Like a half a dozen of you, just <laughs> waving my kerchief a, in the air on the dock. A really cool optical illusion of how you make there be like six of you. I don't know how you accomplished mirrors, it. Mirrors, mirrors. Wow. <laughs> and, and Colin, of course, dressed as the Cuban chef. Yes, he was yes, Puerto Rican for a short period of time. <laughs> well, because he can't be Cuban when he's being harassed by the Cubans. Right. So, it, in during that little scene of a movie within a movie in this movie. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, also, was, who were who were the other ships that showed up? I was trying to understand. Yeah, that. the Seventh Battalion or something. Seventh like Cavalry. I think I the, think that was just like the American Navy, and that's why the Cubans take off. So all the of a Navy sudden. just happened to show up right there, right? Like again, it was like because that <laughs> actually probably didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. What? They probably they were like, we need something to add some tension to this movie. Uh, again, like you said at the beginning, I wish one of us had the opportunity to read the book just to compare the book to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah well, like we could know. we could pool our funds. In, in buy a five hundred dollar really five hundred dollar. I I was looking at it to see like buying it on Amazon or um just any used book site. Five hundred. Did, did Chuck Geek not get publishing? Like, <laughs> I think it's it's out of print now, so that's okay. one of it. And then just I think there's maybe a weird cult following that's made up of like me and one other person. So the demand is high. Right, and like everyone <laughs> on Nantucket and Connecticut that like are into sailing big ships. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, if I, if, uh, I have notes. Notes? All right, Julie. So I really like the soundtrack. It's uh, composed by Jeff Rona, who is a kind of student of or would follow the school of Hans Zimmer. So big into that role of sad. I don't know. I guess I'm into sad, moody kind of movies. Um, I thought I had more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, just watching it now versus when I was younger, um, I... Didn't understand the point of actually Robert March. I don't know if I, any of you remember him because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking he about. He doesn't do anything. He's the first one that Chuck meets. The Shakespeare dude? No. Well, not the teacher. It's, it's like one of the other, one of the other students on the ship. Yeah. Oh. The one who's, he's like, Geek Chuck? Are, oh, you, are right. you a native? Yeah. That guy. Like, he doesn't have any problems at home. He doesn't have any phobias he doesn't kill a dolphin i'm like what is what is your purpose on the ship there what was their uh like three musketeers motto thing where we go one we go all oh yeah so i'm like technically they all should have gone to the bottom of the ocean with gil because they just left him (laughs) well they left him and jeff bridges is like left his wife yeah yeah i was like did they have to knock her out two times like we got that she got knocked out the first time and then it's like she like gets up again. It's like, oh no, boom, front ways. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I, I keep apologizing. That's okay. Like you don't, movie, it's okay. It's not, not like sorry the movie, for not like this movie. Right. If you're not that sorry, stop apologizing. Yeah. Um, I just really liked just everybody being a group belonging. I think that's what it is. The sense of belonging, adventure, yeah. and belonging. Pounded, Julie. Pounding so hard. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, does that wrap up White Squall? Are we done? We can be done. Are we good? I think I'm good on it. Good on White Squall? Oh, I'm done. He's Are you so done. done. <laughs> I'm done. He's done before we started. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up White Squall. Um, we will move into recommendations. Uh, anyone got some recommendations or just itching to say? Oh, I mean, get out. Absolutely. Oh, like, my God. As soon as you possibly can, yeah. go see this movie. It is amazing. Get Out is, is great. Yeah. It's a, it is a, uh, if you haven't heard anything about it, which you might have been living under a rock, so 
Um, in which case, you probably don't listen to this podcast anyway, but... <laughs> or you um, might, since we or have yeah, 20 maybe, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's essentially a horror movie centered around race relations, and it is fantastic, well it's, done. It's and written and directed by Jordan Peele yes. of Key and Peele. Yeah, it is extremely well done. Yeah, really well done. Uh, fresh cast. Um, it's really good. I just don't like horror movies like that. I much. hate horror movies, and I loved this. Yeah, I, like I thought it was really well done, and I really <laughs> I thought it was good. You know, like I I can't deny its quality, and I don't really want to talk much more of it because I'd love to do an episode on it. But I just I just not a fan of horror movies and thriller movies. I just don't like how they make me feel. Um, I hate be I'm an anxious person naturally, and I don't <laughs> need that amped up anymore. <laughs> See, it's weird. I, like it has like. Horror movies have a calming effect on me. I get nervous. Get just closer un- to the mic. Like, horror movies have a like a, a calming effect on me almost. Like I mean, not calming, but I don't know. I'm more like anxious in everyday day to day life than I am in like watching horror movies. And it could also, I don't know. Yeah, no, this it, movie it, My rough life night. in the inner city, you guys. That's <laughs> pretty much what that comes from. I've lived in the hell of East Koufax, Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Colin, are you going to also recommend uh, Get Out? or I recommend it, but that's not my recommendation for this week. Uh, my recommendation is a podcast. You want to say uh, go back? It's it's one that has ended a long time ago, but listen to the Pod F Tompcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's 24 episodes of it, but it's the first podcast done by Paul F. Tompkins, and it is hilarious. Julie? Uh, I'm a, a few years behind on this, but I recommend the anime Attack on Titan. They just announced. Oh, yeah. They just work. announced season two is coming out April first. So now's a good time to binge watch season one. Is that um, on Netflix? It is on the Netflix, and I'm also starting a John Darnielle's new book, Universal Harvester. Uh, it's, so far, I'm not finished with it, but so far it's better than Wolf in White Van, which is his first book. John Darnielle is uh, the guy from the Mountain Goats. Oh, okay. The music group. Yes. The guy that the band the Mountain Goats. He doesn't write any <laughs> lyrics. When he records songs, he does sometimes. I think. Oh, really? I I don't know. No, oh, I can't stand the mountain. <gasps> so I turn what? it off whenever it comes on. No. Yeah, I can't stand him. I can't stand it. <laughs> he. <sighs> no. I don't. I don't, no. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> what What albums have you tried listening to? I haven't listened to any of uh, just the the stuff that I've heard on the radio. I'm just like, oh. Write some lyrics before you record, man. They play. They play a Mountain Goat song oh, yeah. on the radio. Oh yeah, he's quite popular on um the open air. Oh, he is a popular. Open air. Okay, well, I'm gonna make you a mix. All right, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> my recommendation is not bashing on the Mountain Goats. <laughs> I don't mind if other people like them. Uh, my recommendation for this week is a podcast. It is uh the hilarious world of depression, which is a great podcast which involves um. Oh, fuck, I forget the name of the host, but he has uh, famous comedians on uh, to discuss uh, their personal experience with chronic depression. And the mission of the podcast is to make talking about depression and mental illness a regular discussion with people. So kind of taking the taboo out of the whole topic. Um, I think it's absolutely great. Um, I've burned through like half of it already. um, And it's awesome. So that's my recommendation for the week. Um, plugs. Anyone got stuff to plug? I got a few things as always. I'm gonna. I plug uh, my cousin Kate's band, Mirror Fears. She's I second that. <laughs> she's working on a album. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the um, blog movie review 
what the crag is saw you can find him on twitter as well as i think what the crag is saw.com uh anyone else got some plugs uh i will still be i will still be singing uh march 10th and 11th uh the Denver Gaiman's Chorus concert at the Ellie Calkins Opera House. You can get tickets at dgmc.org or axs.com. And the band is Heartthrobs, the evolution of the boy band. Everything from the Beatles to the Backstreet Boys is you're, going down. You're singing? Yes. You can't see, but I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I will say I have seen the Denver Gaiman's Chorus, and they are great. It's, it's always a good show. Cool. All right. Well, I wait. Think- I have a plug. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna plug myself also. Then uh, I Gross. joined. <laughs> as, as I was saying that, this is. I was just thinking like this is not gonna sound great. Um, I joined a dance troupe, oh. like a vintage chorus girl dance troupe called the Diamond Dolls, uh, and I'm going to be performing on Sunday, March 12th, at the Mercury Cafe, sometime between 9 and 10 p.m. Right on. Well, cool, cool. I'm going to try to go to that. Yeah, but this is actually like direct, directed at yeah, you. Well, yeah, you're, you're staring only at me <laughs> with dagger eyes. <coughs> um, okay, well, uh, do we have any corrections and omissions from last week? Anything uh, you want to yes, I spent the entire podcast calling the character Sharon, <laughs> and his name is Chiron. This is the movie Moonlight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in the movie Moonlight, so I'm sorry that I mispronounced the main character's name through the entire podcast. <laughs> I think it was just the intro. Once we started like going around with it, I think it was... We kind of got back on board. I think, it was just your <laughs> I think intro, so. Your synopsis. It might have been that we were talking about like French when we were leaving the movie theater because we couldn't talk about the movie. So well, I think just, too, like, like I had just Sharon. Oh well, yeah, and head. I think it was like you know, like in the movie you hear his name, but you never see it spelled out, and then you see it spelled out, and it's C H I R O N. Yeah, and so like and yeah, so it definitely. Looks when you're like, reading it, you want to say Sharon, yeah. and then you're like, oh no, it's Chiron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, um, just a few more things. Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> references to comedy bang bang. Or no, uh, how did this how get did this made? Get made? <laughs> Is, uh, can't get through an episode without referencing how did this get made. Pick us up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to you, Hal. Yeah, gotta, gotta plug that Hal every episode. Uh <laughs> All right, well, uh, you can listen to all of How Did This Get Made? Ep- oh, nope. Oh, no. That's not uh, that's 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 not. Well, you can. You can listen to all of How Did This Get Made episodes on HowlandHowl.fm. But you can, listen to, you can listen to all the episodes of this podcast, at, uh, which is called I Want You to Watch This, at SoundCloud.com forward slash IWITWT. You can follow us on Twitter. At uh, at want you to watch this with the letter U and the number two. It's gonna get less political, guys. If anyone bothers to follow us on there, um, also join us on movie discussions at facebook.com forward slash iwitwt. And finally, and most importantly, please write us a nice review on iTunes to help other listeners find our little podcast and grow our little project here. Give us five stars. All right. Um, what Can are we, we doing next week? I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll be doing um, kind of kicking off the biopic or biopic. How do you say Bi- it? Biopic? biopic? Biopic. Okay, biopic. The biopic block. Uh, we're gonna kind of do like a movies based on like real life people or situations. And um, first movie is my pick, and that is The Iceman, starring Michael Shannon. Um, it's about a gangster thug, a oh. thuggy gangster. 
the Iceman. Book. Yeah, yeah. No, really well done. I saw it a few years ago on Netflix. Gonna revisit it. I think it's good. So join us next week for that. And uh, thanks for joining us this week for White Squall. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.